Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey guys, jumping in real quick to tell you about the sponsor for this week's episode, The Satchel Podcast Player. If you like podcasts, you're going to want to check this out. There's no third-party ads, no on-screen ads, nothing like that. It's a great way to get connected with the content that you're listening to. You can even tweet directly into the podcast that you're listening to and even send a few dollars along to the podcast. For example, right now, if you like listening to Flash TV Talk, you could send us like, I don't know, $2, $3, $10, however much you feel like we're worth. You can do that directly in the Satchel Podcast Player. It's a great player. You got to check it out. If you're a podcaster, you can register your podcast at satchelplayer.com. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm riding my, uh, we were right, Cloud. Uh, yeah, well, you, we, we called it? Well, yeah, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I already saw in the chat before we went live, before they even knew I was paying attention, that they're worried that, that there's going to be a lot of crow that has to be eaten and, you know, that we're going to have big heads because we called things. But here's the deal. We're not going to do that right now. We'll save that for later on in the show. First, we wanted to uh, welcome you to the show, let you know about some cool things going on. Actually, this last past episode, we did something kind of cool for the first time. Uh, we actually did a live Periscope right before the airing of The Flash, uh, which was really cool. I say we. It was actually just me. Uh, now, what is a periscope? Because I saw this on Twitter when you were announcing it, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I, so, so it's like a live streaming video thing. It was really fun. So, like fifteen. That's cool. Yeah, man. Fifteen minutes before the episode aired, uh, jumped on the periscope for the Flash TV Talk channel, and uh, just did some fun speedster speculation for uh, folks who were able to show up. We had about uh, about thirty one people showed up for the first one that we ever did, which was uh, which was pretty great. So, uh, next week, or I guess next episode, I should say, before the Flash airs. Uh, on the central uh, time, I guess central Eastern time. Um, yeah, just uh, be be near your Twitters and uh, and Periscope, and we will do another Periscope and uh, read off your comments and and talk some speculation before the episode. It was a lot of fun, man. That sounds cool. 
Yeah, you know, it was actually it was also good because we um, we did it or I did it tonight before the episode of Arrow, and I won't spoil Arrow. We're not the Arrow show or anything like that, but I will say that of course the big thing happening this week in the DC TV universe uh, over on Arrow is the introduction of the live action portrayal of Vixen. Yeah, so, yeah. So we did uh, we did a Periscope prior to uh, Arrow, and we we kind of got hyped for Vixen. And uh, and that was a lot of fun as well. So we, this this periscope thing, man. I, I think we might uh, might do a little pre-show periscoping from uh, from now on. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, maybe maybe you could even do it sometime. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, my schedule coming home. Oh well, Tuesdays is kind of rough for me. So maybe. Well, and mostly I just have to teach you how technology works. Yeah, I'm like a weird old man but i'm a computer engineer yeah. <laughs> yes you get the technology you just don't get the social aspect of it I, yeah I'm, I'm a curmudgeon when it comes to social message or social social media of any kind yeah all right well man we got a great episode to dive into tonight so let's go ahead and do it the, the rundown, rundown. <laughs> episode 15 of season two king shark street sharks directed <laughs> By Hanel Kep- Kalp- Hanel Culpepper. Thank you. Hanel Culpepper and story by Benjamin Robb and Derek A. Hughes. Bell, what happened this episode? Wells, Cisco, and Barry agree not to discuss what happened on Earth 2 for the fear of repercussions. While everyone tries to move on, the humanoid shark monster that Wells stopped, known as King Shark, escapes Argus custody and heads for Central City to kill the Flash. Diggle and Lila arrive to warn Barry, which prompts him to look out for King Shark and put a stop to him for good. Barry teams up with Diggle, Lila, and the rest of Argus to track King Shark, but he shows up at Barry's home looking for the Flash, tracking Barry's electrical field. Argus arrives and forces King Shark to retreat. Team attempts to trick King Shark into a trap, but the bait does not work. Barry forces King Shark to chase him out on the water, and when he is far enough away, he creates an electrified underwater cyclone that subdues King Shark and allows Argus to imprison him again. Later, Barry vows to open a breach back to Earth-2 to stop Zoom. Back on Earth-2, it's revealed that Zoom's real apprentice looks exactly like Jay. Dun-dun-dun! Bum-bum-bum! We'll, we'll wait for it. Wait for it. We'll get to it. First, I want to talk to you about this idea of repercussions. You know, there was that whole conversation about how they shouldn't share what they experienced from Earth 2 because there was kind of a, a similar fear in terms of time travel. Uh, I thought that was kind of a little bit out of left field, but the idea is that, you know, what happened over there should not impact what happened over here. They are two separate worlds and never the two were ever supposed to meet. Uh, and therefore, you know, we shouldn't take away from one what we saw in the other. What's what's your thoughts there, man? Is the idea that what we saw on Earth two could potentially be, you know, a uh, a future of Earth one? I mean, I don't know because eh, everything on Earth two seemed drastically different from the stuff on Earth one. There were similarities, sure, as in like the same people, the same cities, and those kind of things. But those people in those cities, they, they weren't the same as they were on completely Earth. Completely different. Completely yeah. different. I mean, Cisco has this whole deal where. You know, he keeps on worried that Caitlin is going to go uh, kill her Frost. However, is that even a fair comparison given the fact that he, his, you know, alternate person on Earth 2 was crazy evil? Yeah. So, so that, that was my thing. Other people, I'm not sure. Cisco is the one that I feel could go down that path. Right. The re- the reason why is because he realizes that he has all of this power. And you know what they say about power? It corrupts, right? And so he, he right now he doesn't really know how to utilize his abilities, but as he starts, you know, learning to use them more and more and more and more and more, I feel like 
he is the most at risk for for any sort of of, of bad thing happening because Caitlyn's not even a meta so far that we know. So far that um, she knows. Wait, what about Cheetos? No, I said so far that she knows. Oh, so far. That- <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Cheetos, and I was like, no, she is not Cheetos. Uh, this episode brought to you by Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting because Cisco is the only one who I feel has the potential to go down that path. And that's just because mm. he realizes how much power that he has on Earth, too. And so if he if he if he for, if he forgets about it and he doesn't think I, I think it's just always going to eat on him that he can be more powerful and he can have this kind of stuff. And I, and I feel like uh, it's not in his character right now. But, you know, how what they say, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, okay, so I'm not going along with you on that one. I don't. I don't think at all that Cisco is at risk to go evil. Although, in all fairness, I do. I do like that as as a potential storyline for him, at least wrestling the evil within based on the power that he's got. But I will say that just there's no reason for Cisco to believe that Caitlyn should go evil without at least asking the question of himself. Uh, now that being said, man, I do think that Caitlyn has some killer frost tendencies. I mean, you know, I was even thinking about her love life overall, uh, even before Cisco drew the comparison. It is the stuff of supervillain origin stories. Uh, I even saw this <laughs> hilarious That's... thing on uh, Reddit, which was they, you know, it was like, we finally figured out how to kill Zoom, just have him date Caitlin. There you go. You know, <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but yes, it is, uh, it's brilliant. But now I look, the, the best, I mean, there's a lot of best moments. I mean, gosh, this episode on the whole was incredible. I mean, this yeah. was absolutely incredible, visually stunning, uh, a lot of extremely great character moments that we got. And so, you know, but, but one of the great character moments, or at least one of the most fun moments uh, throughout this episode was when Caitlin figured out what was going on. And, well, I guess she must have like dunked her hands in ice before sneaking up on Cisco. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what she did. Like, uh, she was like, you know, holding on to an ice cream cone or something like that. But uh, that was hilarious when she trolled him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Thing is, man, she did a pretty good job of channeling uh, Killer Frost for never having met her. Yeah, it's almost as if Killer Frost on Earth 2 and Caitlin are played by the same person. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, uh, touche. Touche. <laughs> Well, Harrison, you know, they, he, he pops on over and, and has this whole uh, moment where he's explaining to Barry that, you know, Earth 2 is out of the picture. They've closed down all the portals. They are, uh, for all intents and purposes, this is it. Those from Earth 2 that are currently residing on Earth 1 will not be going back anytime soon. In fact, not at all. However, Barry's not having any of this. He wants to make sure that, uh, you know, villains uh, that, that are still out there an active who who do remain from Earth 2 can be dealt with. But more importantly, he also recognizes the fact that there is this man in the Iron Mask who is uh who's who's behind. And uh and also I guess the body of quote unquote Jay Garrick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because you know I that, that always kind of bothered me when they're like, yeah, we'll just seal all the stuff and then Zoom will go away and we won't have to worry about it. That that didn't feel very very berry like very heroic to me and that's why there's a great payoff in this episode you know when uh, the, the whole episode you can just see like why what is you know what is up berry's butt why is he so bothered like was it just the the you seeing joe die you know there's that emotional scene there uh, between joe and iris where he explains what's going on mm-hmm. but like the the linchpin there for me was when he was you know i just left an entire world to be basically controlled by zoom and all these people are suffering and all sure it's it's another world, whatever, but like 
I, he, that weighs on his conscience and I'm glad that it does. And I'm glad that he had such a negative reaction to that because that's, you know, that's, that's the heroic miss of the flash coming through. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I actually, you know, it's interesting that uh, Harrison would be so dismissive of his home world. You know what I mean? Like he was all, like, he was just trying very hard to convince Barry not to even worry about what's over there because that doesn't matter to this world. But that is, that is his Krypton. You know what I mean? That is his home world. Yeah, but I, I think at this point, you know, first off, I think Harry's kind of a sociopath just a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah, just a bit, a bit. Yeah, he's definitely got some sociopathic tendencies. And honestly, if I had a speedster that was chasing after me, kidnapping my daughter, was threatening to kill her and me, uh, and the, the, the only way for me to escape him was to go to another Earth, I would throw my life behind for sure. Well, let me ask you this, because I don't remember them ever saying that Harrison's wife was dead. Is she, help out chat room here or, or bell do you recall this you know i don't i know jesse says uh you know i, I gotta leave my family and my friends behind and so what other family was she talking about maybe they're divorced maybe uh could be i mean there, there's that flashback scene where jesse is visiting him in his office and she references uh, his wife and so i don't know man yeah, the, the green arrow in the chat said they hadn't mentioned Zip about Mama Wells. But that's not that's not true. They have. They have mentioned her uh, in, in flashbacks. But I guess they just haven't mentioned her in, in present tense. And Jessie's does seem kind of fine with if you know, she my guess is that she's probably uh no longer with us because otherwise there would have been some sort of weight uh associated with Jessie more more maybe even more so than Harrison with the fact that her mother is trapped on a on an occupied world. Um, her occupied home world. Yeah, and just think about that though too. Like the if your mother was alive and Zoom, you know, you escaped him, and he's gonna, you know, go for vengeance. And what's the closest thing he can do is just to you know kill their family members and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that's uh, target number one. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I, I get the idea that maybe she's not with us anymore. Mm. Mama Wells, that is. Mm. Because otherwise, I'd be be like, you know, yeah, sure, Dad, you saved me and you, but like, what about you know Aunt Grace or you know Uncle Billy? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Could be. I uh, want a pineapple suggesting maybe Zoom killed her before uh, Wells even popped over in uh, the the first half of the season, and my that that's probably the case. Yeah, uh, I, I would. That's what I would think. Yeah, I, it would be nice to get some clarification, especially since we do know that you know. Uh, we, we've we, every indication that we've had up until now is that she is alive. So it would be nice to know that <laughs> that, that that not all members of the Wells family are are completely heartless. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> Jesse, you know, seems you know to be kind of okay. I mean, I know she said the whole thing about how uh, you know she she had to turn away her friends and family and just get used to living on this new Earth, but she did actually kind of seem fine, all things considered. Especially the trauma that she's been through, being kidnapped for months, right? By a monster? And like living next to a guy in an iron mask? You know, I think that would be the worst thing to me. Like you're you're imprisoned and that sucks. There's somebody else there. At least you can talk to them. Oh wait, no, you can't. And he taps on the glass constantly. <laughs> I, I, I think she's probably just lost her mind. <laughs> no, that could be. That could be. <laughs> if 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 we didn't get the reveal of this episode, I would throw out the ridiculous theory that Jesse is Zoom, but we, yeah. we we know that that's not the case. Uh yeah, no, all right, so we got uh I do like the idea of Jesse Quick now being on our Earth. Uh, however, I think it's safe to assume that we're not done. We're not as done with Earth 2 as Harrison may have led us to believe. Um, you know, we did actually get a, 
a quick moment where we get a flashback to what happened last episode before this one began. Uh, and then we actually got a flash forward. We actually jumped ahead in time with a Barry montage explaining where everybody is, uh, reminiscent of the first episode of this season, actually. And he's having a tough time, uh, you know, shaking everything that occurred on Earth 2 for, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we get the, the opportunity through King Shark attacking to reopen the wound of Earth 2. Now, King Shark... You know, there was some speculation as to which King Shark this is. And yes, in fact, this is the King Shark of Earth 2. And interestingly enough, they, in this episode, said that his counterpart, his doppelganger, died. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because we've talked about this, but in the Season Zero comic book, no, he didn't. Well, hmm. yeah, you know, I, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it. Yeah, wasn't the King Shark from Earth 1 in the Season Zero comic? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, King Shark was, and I mean, we at that at that stage of the game, Earth Two wasn't even in play, so there's no reason to believe that that was an Earth Two King Shark. I mean, they they did say that he died because he got some kind of cancer that mutated his cells. Perhaps he was mutated into King Shark. Flash defeats him, and I I haven't read that comic, so I don't know how it ends. Well, and uh, he's he's a member of the Suicide Squad. If I'm not mistaken, which is really interesting, because of course Argus, that's that's the connection there. So, I, it it's almost like there's there's some speculation. I just saw pop up in the chat uh, from uh, Anthony who says, "Does anyone else not believe that the Earth One King Shark is dead, and maybe his wife is just covering it up?" Now that could be the case. That would make sense to me more so that because uh, 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 otherwise, I mean, like I, the comics are supposed to kind of go in, you know coincide with the show, mm-hmm. and this is just a clear fragrant violation of that you know it's like well but see and all right so so it's interesting because the tie-in material of anything generally you you can't really take it as gospel right it's almost apocryphal you know it maybe might apply it may not apply it's eu um you know it's it's not necessarily canon unless you actually see it on the television show and i was actually concerned that going into tonight's arrow as we mentioned at the top of the show with the introduction of vixen that they were going to just kind of pretend like the animated series never happened. But in fact, they did in that episode uh, make mention of the animated series. In fact, Oliver has a line uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I know somebody, we had an animated adventure last year. <laughs> Channeling his inner Deadpool. But um, but no, they so, so what happens on the CW seed and in the animated, uh, or any other animated adventures, one imagines, um, would be considered part of canon. Uh, but you know, I, I think that the idea that perhaps Earth One King Shark never actually died, and uh, maybe this is a massive cover-up, I can see that as a retcon. So I'm I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me, but I think it would be interesting because I mean, that was King Shark. Come on, that was awesome. Oh my gosh! Look, the fight scene specifically at the end where he's running on the water and fighting him, and King Shark is like busting up and down in the water, and then he runs around him and he throws the lightning, like. I want to say that may have been like the most epic fight scene that we've gotten just visually, just talking about visually here. Yeah. Uh, and effects yeah. wise. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. My, my only, so I, I love this episode. I thought it was great, but my, my only complaint is that Barry seems to his go-to maneuver for taking out people is to run very fast in circles around them. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, 
it, it, it makes sense actually in the water. Like, like I actually liked that they did it in that way because it's kind of creating a maelstrom, which actually, you know, makes it better of a, more of a trap than it normally is. But when he was doing it to King Shark on the street, I just thought like, why doesn't King Shark just like stick out his leg? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, just stick your leg out, buddy. Like, and w- which is kind of what he did. He you know, right. smacked it to him. <laughs> well, and then, okay. So it, it is interesting. Cause like I said, the end fight scene was one of the more epic fights that we've gotten in the entire series. But the mid fight scene after King Shark ripped open the house, that was probably the, one of the worst fight scenes that we've gotten because it was just like, he hits him once and Barry's like, uh, and then he's like, you'll never catch me, Flash. And then he goes like, you know, running off. And he's like, like, you might be faster than me on land, but you're not faster than me in the water. It's like, well, guess where we are right, right now? Right now. Very moment. Right now. Exactly. <laughs> and Barry's just kind of rubbing his chest like, ugh, ugh, I could I mean, get him. have a couple broken ribs. he seems so far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know he, he, had, he had an injury. Uh, it apparently was pretty bad if it, if it was enough to keep him on the ground, you know. Right, right. Also, I didn't buy for one second that, that thing that uh, King Shark said about being faster in water. No. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, underwater, maybe, but, but. So you're telling me that King Shark can swim back in time? Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. But, but to be fair, maybe if Barry was underwater as opposed to over it, uh, I might, I might be willing to give that to him. But yeah. uh, the, the King Shark effect, absolutely phenomenal for the most part. I mean, we're talking movie quality. I mean, most, most all the effects that we've gotten this entire series have been cinematic quality and, uh, and and really just risen the bar for what you want or, or could hope to expect from Flash on any screen. Um, this one in particular, I, man, King Shark. Th- what what I was so excited about going into this episode is that this was not going to be a tar pit situation where we were going to get a villain who is a human that by the end of the episode was going to morph into something. No, 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 no. From day one, from first time that we see him in this episode to final, he is monstrous. He's like, you know, Three stories tall. I mean, this is a massive, massive effect and used very, very well. I, yeah, it, it, it looked awesome. Totally convincing. When he was talking, like it, that, that, I mean, I don't know how a shark would talk, but if a shark could talk, that's how I would imagine that's it. That's how it would talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so really great, great stuff. Uh, King Shark, of course, ripped completely ripped the uh, roof off the house. Don't worry, uh, they'll hire the same construction crew that patched up Star Labs floor from the earthquake that occurred. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so it'll it'll be fine. Wally, man. So we get a little bit more into this uh, in, into Wally West and what's going on with him and his complex relationship with the West family. Uh, you know, Barry. We've talked about it before, but Barry is and and has been you know Joe's only son. And so to have Joe's biological son come back into the picture, I mean it, there's there's some tension here. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like it's it's you know Barry's this golden child and you know you Wally who is the actual son of of Joe uh constantly feel out like like an outsider despite the fact that this outsider is seen as the golden son. Yeah, yeah, that would be a miserable situation to be in. And 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 it doesn't help that, you know, maybe Wally is trying to kind of warm up to him, but ba- so Barry first off thinks he doesn't like him. And on top of that, he's got this gu- just guilt-wracked mind and it's not helping the relationship at all. Yeah, like he's he's completely dismissive of Wally, which I yeah. I was surprised at. I really you know, from the moment that 
Barry and Iris told Joe about Wally, I was so like, I was like, man, yes, this is good to see this family dynamic and this family hold together. Like a lot of times we get one-off scenes with Joe and, and Barry. And a lot of times we get one-off scenes with Joe and Iris. And and we get, you know, the the Barry and Iris scenes, but it's different because there's the romantic element there. Yeah. But having the three of them in the midst of a family crisis, there's something about them as a family unit and the history and the weight of the relationships that come even before the series began that really feels important and really feels like legit. Barry's taken a complete backseat to his family ever since Wally, ever since that moment. Like he, he stepped up and then he stepped back and he has not been involved ever since. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird just to, because, you know, Barry, it's not really in his character, kind of, but now he's all sort of, I'm a family guy. Yay. And, but Wally's here. So I'm just going to, you know, be kind of douchey to him. Yeah. I don't know, man. That I'm, this is a good start. I mean, I'm glad that they're addressing this. They're talking about it. I feel like they, they, maybe it was Joe, maybe it was Iris, called him out very specifically about it. Um, and, and this was, seemed like a great project for Joe and, uh, or for Barry and Wally to, to bond over. And that was clearly Wally, uh, Wally's, you know, objection or ob- objection? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that was clearly his intention. Uh, yeah. however, you know, not the case, you know, the, the speed car thing sounded familiar to me. The, uh, turbine supercar. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I don't know if, if this has origins in the comics or not, but I'll tell you specifically what this is reminding me of. There was a pitch for a flash series on the CW even. Uh, that was going to be, I feel like it was going to be like a tie in to Smallville at the time. This was during that era of television. And the concept was that a young Barry Allen, and it may have been Wally West, but I think it was a young Barry Allen, um, was test driving like a new car, like a super fast car. Mm. And the idea is that it gets struck by lightning. <laughs> And uh, and I, if I'm if I remember even correctly, the idea was that it was supposed to be struck by lightning while it was passing back by a chemical plant or something. They were really stretching uh, wow. to to get like all of the different origin pieces in there. But um, and that's what gave him his powers. Um, would and, they call him the Flash? Or would they call him Speed Racer? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm trying to. I'm really trying to think about this because it's very possible that that. Um, Maybe it might have even been Wally West, but the whole the whole concept there was that it was going to be this this television series, and that was going to be the pilot. And so I wonder if some of those concepts are being uh, re- revised for what will potentially be Wally's origin story in this series. Oh, so you think Wally's going to build a supercar, drive past a chemical plant, and get struck by lightning? Well, and I, I'm not saying that that exactly is going to happen, but it just it just with our just the wheel started turning man i mean there was something about this idea of like a supercar a super speeding car tied to the flash that reminded me of of that pitch from a while back um hmm. so I, I don't know i it could be that I, I don't know about the chemical plant but it could very well be that he is driving the car and gets struck by lightning i mean lightning has to play a part in it that's well, so so yeah. I would think it'd be something like this. Uh, no, actually, that's right. Wally wasn't in Central City when the particle accelerator exploded, right? Correct. Because I was thinking maybe, uh, and and this could go for Caitlin too, is that 
when the accelerator exploded, it uh, activated the gene, the metahuman gene. In Barry's case, the lightning strike. Well, I, I guess it. it, it See, so you're forgetting. There's there's more of a fate element to the lightning strike that hit Barry. Like everybody, I don't I don't see Barry becoming the Flash the same that I see the other metahumans becoming whom they are. Like, sure, sure. In many respects, like the the lightning is separate from you know the blast wave overall. And yeah, I don't, and that's, I don't know that any about. speedster, uh, at least any speedster that's going to go by the title of the Flash. Is gonna get their powers through some latent metagene. I think if they're if they're getting their powers, it is gonna be specifically be from the actual lightning itself. And there's obvious yeah. you know ties to the other storylines there. But go ahead. What are you thinking? No, no, I I agree. I agree. But uh, what I was gonna say is, so the particle accelerator explodes, triggers the metagene, but it's dormant in Wally right now. And so maybe at some point he gets struck by lightning, which activates it so to speak. So then he becomes the flash in Barry's case. They happened at the same time. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even think that's necessary. In fact, when, when Caitlin mentioned the whole, you tested me, I don't have the, what she said, don't have the metagene. Oh yeah, that's right. She did say that. And so I, what, what, what weirds me out about that is that my understanding of how the DC universe have, has handled meta abilities is that technically everyone has the quote-unquote metagene. It's just some are active and some are not. So that theoretically, you know, anybody at any given time or given the right circumstances could have their metagene activated. And therefore, you know, there's no reason why someone could not, I don't know, um, get hit over the head by a fish and suddenly they've become fish man. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? Yeah, it would be the it'd make Aquaman look awesome. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like you work in a you work in a fishmonger uh, shop, and like you know they do the whole tossing the giant fish thing, and you're not paying attention, you get hit with a fish, and then all of a sudden you're fish man. Yep, yep. And basically your entire thing is I can summon a fill in a fish. <laughs> be like that guy from the Muppets. I throw the fish, and it comes back to me. That guy. You know that That's guy. That's who I want to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So Diggle, man. Dig and Lila come uh, on the scene because of the uh, Argus connection here. Uh, Diggle, this is Diggle's first time doing a crossover solo. Uh, of course, Arrow and the Arrow team and Felicity herself has, have had uh, uh, moments where they've spent time with Team Flash. Uh, this is the first time that Diggle and Lila have, have made the trip. Um Man, Diggle gives his patented uh, pep talk to Flash, so we had to get that in. And we also oh, yeah. get a nice nod about the fact that Cisco is responsible for uh, the Spartan helmet. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool, because, uh, what, so he's made all the tech on Arrow now? Pretty much. He, yeah, he enhanced the Canary Cry. Uh, he obviously built Diggle's helmet, he's going to improve that. Well, of course, I guess Barry, Barry made Oliver's uh, lightweight whatever monofiber filament mask thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, pretty much all the cool stuff, the techie, like, you know, fancy pants stuff was all made by Star Labs. Well, it kind of reminds me of that whole uh, thing from the Avengers uh, or Age of Ultron where, you know, Tony's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not the, I'm not the leader. I just pay for everything and make everybody look awesome and build all the cool <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> That's kind of what Cisco is to some extent. He, he, takes, he takes what all these heroes are working with and makes it way better. Would you say that Cisco is your co-pilot? Uh, I would. I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> great. Uh, great addition to the team. Nice actually seeing Diggle kind of get get a chance to to be a, a hero on his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's been something of a sidekick 
and has kind of eternally been a sidekick. And so him going off on a little side mission or a side quest is, is it's good. I like that. Yeah, I also like that they kept up with the gag <laughs> of Diggle just, you know, looking dumbfounded every time Flash runs away. See, actually, I really don't like that gag because at this point, like this, in the exact same episode that we see a giant three-story tall man shark. His, his, which he's fine with, by the way, which, which completely fine with, has never says anything about how that weirds him out. But then Barry running off freaks him out. Come on. Well, you know, it's like you go to the zoo, right? You see animals at the zoo. You see big <laughs> animals. Uh huh. Like I've seen an elephant before. They're big, right? Right. But granted, I've never seen a giant anthropomorphic talking elephant. Uh huh. But. That's, I guess that's less removed than someone running and generating lightning as they run and running very, very, very fast. I'm sorry. I think a fast running guy is a lot easier to wrap your head around than a giant three-story shark man. Man shark. I suppose. Street sharks! But I will say, though, the the, the joke, they kind of killed it at the very end when uh, Lila, because uh, at first she's like, yeah, he runs fast, get over it. <laughs> right, right. And then he runs away, and she's kind of like, and uh, she's kind of you know stares at him, and Diggle's like, "It is weird, isn't it?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay." But I, I think they should have reversed those, and maybe she gets used to it before Diggle. I don't know. I but, don't know. Uh, it's it's fine. Like I said, it's a running gag, so you know, t- tip of the hat to them for for continuing it on. I just it's a it's an interesting one that um, I, just given everything else, it just does not seem all that weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so. Cisco, we talked about Caitlin, we talked about Harry, we talked about all of them. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Man, uh, overall, really great episode. Loved it. I thought the effects were some of the best we've ever seen. Great character moments throughout. Um, you know, we got a lot of great Jaws references, which was this, this entire episode was very much an homage to Jaws. Yeah. Uh, any, any kind of final thoughts on, on what the, the meat of this episode was? Yeah. I don't know. It, it was good overall. Very, very fun. Super exciting. Uh, King Shark looked wonderful. I, I, I enjoyed it. My, I, like I said earlier, the only issue that I really had was that first fight with King Shark where Barry's just like, I'm going to run circles around you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was humorous. I mean, it didn't like ruin the episode. I, I still thought it was humorous, but, uh, but yeah, I uh, thought it was great. Well, okay, but uh, let, let me actually challenge that for just a second because you're right. You're right. And I'm with you on that. But perhaps his, the reason he's doing that is so that he can do his superpower shocking move right he never he didn't get a chance to do it because king shark kind of thunked him and he was down yeah Um, but that's how he builds up that electricity man it's not that he's you know it's not that he's just running around in circles to run around in circles right no no no, i i thought exactly that's what he was doing but if it were me i wouldn't be within arm's length of the guy running circles around him (laughs) because the the first time he used it when he's fighting sand demon he's you know 30 feet away running around him Yeah. yeah i guess they're on a small street you know maybe he couldn't uh he couldn't get the speed required, so he had to be close into him. But, you know, that that that's me speculating on the reasons why it didn't work, as opposed to them making them clear in the episode. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, that, that throwing lightning move is pretty cool. You know, uh, oh, yeah. you know who taught him that, right? Uh, yeah, I know who taught him that. Zoom taught him that. Oh, snap! Drops oh. the mic. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, we need we need the swag horn. <laughs> um. Okay. So, hang on. Let me just stretch here. Okay. Arms. All right. 
I told you so. I told you so. I I I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I I I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. And then she does it in French, and I don't know any French, but I told you so. I told you so. I I I told you so. All right. All right, but but in all seriousness, so we were right, right? Yeah. And I'm going to take the high road, and I'm not going to be all I told you so. I'm just going to say that I thought everybody's theories were great. Oh, come on. My theory was better. <laughs> oh, uh, look, look. In all fairness, uh, for those of you who are, who are shaking your heads at us, as you should be, in all fairness, we were only right in like the, we stuck the landing. That's really what it comes down to. We stuck the landing because we were way wrong for like the vast majority of the season. Yeah, we did like the, uh, one of the, what is it called? Like the vault. Where like you run, we hit the vault weird and like flipped about fifteen times. It looked horrible. Like you know, we puked on the way down. We stuck the landing. <laughs> we, stuck the landing. <laughs> we stuck the landing. There we go. But here's the thing, man. We we still don't know. Uh, there, there's still you know as much as as much as we were able to gather and as much as what's been put out there. There's still a lot of questions about what just happened. In fact, you know, it, it's very possible that people are tuning in to Flash TV Talk for the first time, uh, looking for some clarification on what we just saw. But in order to do that, we can't just talk about what we saw. We have to get into speculation, or we have to get into... Speedster speculation. All right. So we were right, sort of, maybe. But here's the thing. There's a lot of questions about exactly what's going on here. Now, there is an explanation that was actually given by Kreisberg and uh, that Bell, I've got the, uh, the interview, the link to the interview. Do you? Yeah, do you... I got it up. All right. So why don't you read the, uh, that kind of first bit that he said? All right. Zoom's identity has been revealed. He is Hunter Zolomon, AKA Jay Garrick. How all of that plays out and what's exactly happening will leave for after the break, but we wanted to go out on this run of episodes with a big reveal, just the same way we did at the end of episode nine in season one, where we revealed that Harrison Wells was the man in the yellow suit. Zoom's identity is finally revealed. Okay, so this and this this has been a question that's got some people confused because people are saying, okay, well, he said he was Hunter Zolomon, but he didn't just say he's Hunter Zolomon. He said he's Hunter Zolomon, a.k.a. Jay Garrick. In fact, he goes on to elaborate. Bell, go ahead and read the second part. It's even a larger betrayal than last year in some ways because they're all going to feel like they should have been inoculated against uh, against it. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, they let the person in. Part of the reason he was able to do that was because there was a hole in the center of their group, and he knew that. He was able to step in because they wanted it so desperately. Barry was missing a mentor, Wells, and here comes Jay offering to be his mentor. Caitlin had lost Ronnie, and then here comes Jay offering to be her new knight in shining armor. All right, so this furthering the idea that the, this this person that we've been spending all of this time with, this quote-unquote Jay Garrick, was in fact all along Hunter Zolomon. Now, it's not an easy, you know, just one for one, and that's that's it, and there's the explanation. Because we didn't just see this Hunter Zolomon uh, as portraying Jay Garrick in Earth One, we actually got a chance to see a lot of flashbacks to Jay Garrick on Earth Two. So there's a lot of questions, right? There's if if this is Jay, if if Jay that we've seen in this entire time is Hunter Zolomon, who was the guy on the bench? Uh, who's the man in the Iron Mask? You know, how does this all play in? How are there two of them? How is he dragging the body of? One person we knew to be Jay Garrick that we're now being told is Hunter Zolomon when we know that the person ripping off the mask is Hunter Zolomon. What's going on? Well, I think I have a couple ideas. Well, before you even get into your couple of ideas, let me tell you something, man. Last week, 
you said you you gave your whole explanation with time travel and stuff, but you also went into your theory involving twins. And I belittled you for it. I made fun of you for it. I talked yeah. down to you for it. But man, you owe me an apology. I think I owe you apology, an apology here. Because I think the twin situation may not be that far-fetched. In fact, I encouraged people who are confused by all of these different uh, things and theories that are out there to go and look into the character of Malcolm Thawne. Now, Flash fans know Malcolm Thawne as the character who would go on to become uh, Cobalt Blue. This is a character that we've referenced before. We've even talked about, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, perhaps Eddie might one day become Cobalt Blue of this television series and how that might play out. But what's more important is not necessarily who Cobalt Blue is as a villain, but what his origin story is. The idea behind Cobalt Blue, and, and specifically Malcolm Thawne, is that he is actually Barry Allen's long-lost twin brother. They got mixed up in the delivery room and ended up being raised by a separate family, the Thawns. So the, this idea of twins separated at birth is not far-fetched at all in what's come before in the Flash comics and may in fact be the inspiration for what the relationship between quote-unquote Jay Garrick and quote-unquote Hunter Zolomon is on both Earth-1 and Earth-2. Bell, are you following me with that? I am. I am absolutely. Uh, because the, 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 the twin thing is a precedent in the comics. So like you said, with, with, uh, with, with Malcolm Thawne, they were separated at birth, raised by different families. So uh, that very much could be the thing here, because we know that Earth One, Jay Garrick, his uh, Jay. Uh, okay, so we got to we got to work on some nomenclature here to differentiate differentiate uh, differentiate these guys. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, <laughs> um, I think we're gonna have to stick with Earth One and Earth Two. I mean, that's that's okay. gonna be the only the only because anything else is gonna get really complicated. Okay, so so when I when I say Earth One J, I'm referring to the J that the team knows. Okay, well then uh, that's that's J that's you know sorry Earth Two J. When I say Earth Two J, I'm referring to the J that the team knows. Uh, so, but that's not the real Earth Two J. I see, I see, I see where you're going. Right, right, right. So uh, the the issue here. So Earth Two J talks to Caitlin, shows her Hunter Zolomon. quote unquote Earth Two J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Joom, we'll call him. <laughs> Hey June, don't make it bad. It's really confusing with doppelgangers. Remember when you add twins into the mix? Now there are four to make it better, 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 better. All right, there you go. I wonder how many Beatles there were on Earth too. 24. All right, there you go. All right, so all right, like look, look, go go back okay. to your theory, just explain it. Don't forget about names and we'll 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 figure it all out after you explain it. Go for it. Yeah. So, uh Earth2J has this weird, you know, cellular degeneration thing. It's killing him. So, Caitlin's like, "Well, why don't we go find your doppelganger?" She tries to find him, can't find him. Jay's like, "Perfectly good explanation. Uh let me go show you." So, they uh Jay takes Caitlin to the park and shows Caitlin Hunter Solomon. She uh, Jay's explanation is that Hunter Zolomon, uh, his mother died, died in childbirth, so he bounced around a couple foster homes, eventually was adopted by the Zolomons. Bing, bang, boom. There you have it. We can't use his DNA because it's different than mine. Uh, but in actuality, I'm a supervillain, and I don't want to, you know, spoil my surprise. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so so the died in childbirth thing was kind of important there to me because 
maybe he wasn't didn't die in childbirth. It's just that's his twin, and so he obviously doesn't want to say anything about that. So he makes up this story, uh, or, or or maybe maybe their mother did die in childbirth, and Jay Garrick, you know, went with the father or something, and maybe some weirdness happened. And because because uh, Malcolm Thawne, his story was the uh, his son, the Thawne child died and they stole Barry's twin from the hospital is in that in that right and there's something like that that's something like that yeah so so it could be a situation where that like Jay was taken by maybe they didn't know it was twins for some weird reason and one child was taken by the Zolomans one child was taken by the Garricks and that's what we have. You know, it was a uh, drunken do- doctor in the comics. Yeah, he's like, the, you had thon. one kid. I thought I was pregnant with twins. That's what the ultrasound said. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that was interesting there. Um, so Jay tells Caitlin that we uh, Hunter Solomon's useless to us on Earth-1. Uh, can't use him. So, cool. We still can have twins. There's also still the possibility that Jay uh, and Zoom, or Zoom is Jay from from further in the future. So, so you're going couple, back to this time travel thing. Well, but, 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 but what I'm going to go into is kind of interesting here. So we have the 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 velocity six. We have the the, the addiction to speed. Uh, that's or velocity nine. I guess they're on now. So, so says quote unquote Jay Garrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like you know, addiction to speed. Like, can we trust anything he said before? Well, I, I think he's telling, you know, half truths. And, he's he's and lying those, with the truth. Yeah, because because I mean, uh, what I was thinking with if 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 we want to throw the twin theory out, like last week, I was kind of like twins. I mean, I think so. Like, I, I, my heart was set on it, but I was kind of like time travel makes more sense uh, because you have a future Zoom that's so obsessed with speed, so addicted to it, he goes back in time to try and uh, you know get Wells to steal Barry's speed hmm. you see um but i i don't think the time travel thing's gonna work anymore because zoom killed jay quote so unquote if he jay. killed quote unquote jay so if he killed quote unquote jay which is which is the the present day jay garrick the present day flash of earth 2 then shouldn't he have erased himself from existence but he didn't so i think the twin theory is pretty solid right now I'm thinking the twin theory is pretty pretty solid as well. Uh, my thought is that the real Jay Garrick of Earth Two is is in the Iron Mask. We've been spending all of this time with Hunter Zolomon, and okay. I, I, I the question that I don't know is whether or not Hunter Zolomon has been teaming up with Earth One Jay, like maybe Earth One Jay is evil. Hmm, they'd be like an opposite, whereas like all the uh Earth two doppelgangers on Earth one aren't evil, whereas the Earth one doppelgangers are not necessarily evil, but some of them are. And so the Earth two doppelganger or the Earth two J who is good, the Earth one doppelganger should be evil. a bad guy. Right. Okay, yeah. Um so I'm wondering if So so I'm wondering if Hunter Zolomon of Earth two Kidnaps Earth to J. Goes to Earth One. I uh, recruits the Jay Garrick of that Earth to help him, so that he can, if he needs to be in two places at, at, at two points points in time, he can. 
But I, I do think that Jay, the quote unquote Jay that we've been spending all this time with, I mean, that is that is the Hunter Zolomon, possibly of Earth Two. Yes, I, I I agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm thinking definitely of Earth Two. Now, the more that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking it's definitely of Earth Two. Well, so let's think for a second. How many Jays? Let's get a J count. We have <laughs> we got we, we have, got three that were that we've seen, right? Yes, yeah, so we have Earth One, Hunter Zolomon. We have Earth Two, Jay Garrick. We have Earth Two, Zoom Jay. And then we have the Man in the Iron Mask. We don't know who that is. Now, I'm saying the Man in the Iron Mask is Earth 2 Jay Garrick. The real Earth 2 Jay Garrick. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know, but I, I'm not sure, though. Because like, if we add all those four up, that's four. That's two sets of twins, right? Right. No, that's right. We should have four. Yeah. Now, so, I, I realize that there's a there's somebody's unaccounted for here. I get that. But but my point is that it makes sense from Zoom's standpoint. If, if he... Uh, if his goal, if he looks exactly like Jay, right? If if that's the case, he's gonna lock up and cover up the real Jay Garrick's face so that he can then go to Earth One and presume that you know that like he he's gonna take on that identity and no one's gonna know about it. Um, and if he gets in this situation where he needs to you know some backup, then he's got a second person. Now whether or not that's Earth One Jay or Earth One. Uh, 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 Hunter Zolomon, I'm not sure. Basically, I don't know who we just saw die. It was either Earth 1J or Earth 1 Hunter Zolomon. My guess is that it was probably Earth 1 Hunter Zolomon. I'm thinking Earth 1 Hunter Zolomon. Okay, so, uh, okay, so, so, Zoom, the J that, that has been with the team the whole time is, is Zoom, is Hunter Zolomon. Right. So then, one of them dies. Maybe, maybe, we don't know. I don't know if he's if he's entirely dead. Uh, he seemed pretty dead to me. He flopped him down like a fillet of fish, like he was yeah, fish man. True. Yeah. Uh, so did Zoom fall in love with Caitlin, or was it all just a ruse? It was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. Yeah. That's yeah. that's why there was no real chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay. Gosh. Now. <sighs> so there's, that's what, there's, okay. So the, there's a question in the chat. Who did our J, our quote unquote J? Show Caitlin. Now, again, the quote unquote Jay is not Jay. That's Hunter Zolomon, aka Zoom. So the question is, who did he show her? Who was that sitting out in the park? That's... Jay Garrett. No, shush. That's... Stop it. <laughs> Let me no, finish. it's Earth One Jay Garrett. It's complicated enough for me to be able to follow my own train of thinking without you interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> so the person that she showed him in the park is either Hunter Zolomon or Jay Garrick of Earth One, but probably Hunter Zolomon of Earth One. It it makes it's better for him to lie with the truth. So my guess is that that's the Hunter's element of Earth One that he very well may be in cahoots with, and is the person that actually died at the end of last episode. I think if anybody is MIA from the twin situation, it's the Earth One Jay Garrick, who very well may not exist or may have died. So the Man of the Iron Mask is is the Flash of Earth Two. Hunter Zolomon takes his place. Yes. Goes to Earth One. Yes. Uh, that is also Zoom. That, that Zoom, Earth One. Uh, or Jake his identity. Lying yeah, with the truth. Yeah, ki- kidnaps kidnaps Earth Two, uh, the Flash. Kidnaps the Flash for Earth Two. Puts the Iron Mask on him. So Hunter Zolomon is Zoom, is Flash. Goes to Earth One, and now I'm kind of stuck. I mean, we, then, then Season Two began, and then we just watched it. <laughs> like, that. That's that's not a good place to get stuck. You just saw everything that happened. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to think. So I'm wondering, uh, hmm. the guy in the iron mask, I, 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 
I'm I'm standing by my theory that the guy in the iron mask is the real Earth Two Zoom. Yeah, the real Earth Two Flash. I no, yes, Flash. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. So with that being that being the case, I think that we've seen Earth One and Earth Two Hunter Zolomon pulling a fast one. Now again, it may be Earth One J if if Earth One J is actually evil. One way or the other, one of the twins has been assisting. Uh, uh, Hunter Zolomon, a.k.a. Zoom. And one of the twins died at the end of the episode, and Zoom flops him down saying, you know, well, that was disappointing or whatever it was he said. Complicated. This, these, yeah, this, 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 is, this is a complication. And he's right. This is very complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm, so All I'm saying is I think your twin theory may play into this more than we even realize. Because I, I think that there, I think the man of the iron mask is Jay, and I mean that's going to be the mystery for the end of, until the end of the season. It sounds like, um, but I, I do think that the original Jay Garrick, the Earth Two Jay Garrick, who we as an audience have never spent time with, is actually the man of the iron mask, which plays into the whole thematic thing with the you know the three the twins or yes twins and the the three musketeers and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I think so. There's two hunters elements. There's two Jay Garricks. We have not seen. Earth One, Jay Garrick. I don't think so. We may have. Like that's what I'm saying. It's either Earth One, Jay Garrick, or Earth One Hunter Zolomon. I don't know which one it is. It could be either one of them. I'm not. I'm not going to claim to know which one or who just died. But I am going to say that it's either the Hunter Zolomon or the Jay Garrick of Earth One. I'm going to say that the the Jay that just died is the Jay Garrick, or sorry, is the Hunter Zolomon of Earth One. Okay. And the guy that we saw on the bench. Was the Jay Garrick of Earth One? I, my only thought it could be, could be. Yep. I mean, it could be. I think that, um, yeah, could be. Very well, could be. And then so Zoom is Hunter Solomon of Earth Two. Thing is, if there wasn't, if if that if that was, hmm. didn't Caitlin try really well? Hmm. They never talked to him. They never approached him. They never went anywhere near him. Yeah, Hunter, uh, AKA, you know, quote unquote, Jay Garrick told her, Ah, yeah, stop looking into it. Let me show you why. There he is. Right, right. He's like, there's a perfectly good explanation for this, and it's, you know, he he's another dude. It's not me. When technically he's not wrong. I mean, there, there's also one thing that I was kind of thinking about. Um, I, I much prefer the, the twin theory, but uh, one thing I was thinking of is, you know, the the in the comics, Rival, uh, kind of splits off from Jay Garrick, right? Or no, at some point, Rival was never really that big of a character. He's got maybe two stories attached to him. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think that the Jay that died is the Earth One Hunter Zolomon. And he was working with the Earth Two Hunter Zolomon. Because, honestly, like, if you look at that quote uh, from Andrew Kreisberg. Yeah. He said, you know, he is Hunter Zolomon, a.k.a. Jay Garrick. He didn't say which Hunter Zolomon he was. He just said he was Hunter Zolomon. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he could yeah, be so, he could be the Hunter Zolomon of Earth One, which I think he is. And uh, so he's dead now. So Hunter Zolomon of Earth Two is kind of screwed because he was using him to you know infiltrate the Flash and all that kind of stuff. And so now the portals are closed, and his only link to Team Flash is dead. So right now we only have okay. We so have, you, so you th- yeah okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I think that's probably um I think you're probably right. I think the Zolomans were in cahoots with one another. Yeah. 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 Zoom goes to Earth One. He's like, Hey, what's up? You know, I'm your 
counterpart. <laughs> and 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 that, that's that's what makes sense too, is because Hunter Solomon on Earth One never had speed to begin with. He ne- he was never a speedster. That's why he doesn't want to use Velocity Six. Well, I don't know though because he was deteriorating. Right. I mean, it may be more of a, he's dying, and Zoom is like, look, I'll I'll I can um I can heal you, but you have to do exactly what I say. Yeah, yeah, like that. I I, I kind of dig that, and so. Could when, also be that why ooh, it could be why when Caitlin tested him the first time, she found different readings from when she tested him the second time, because maybe we're talking about two different two different hunters' elements or two different uh quote unquote J's. But I tell you what, man, we've we've spent a good amount of time speculating this episode. Let's uh let's hold off and see what the future holds, shall we? Let's do it. Newsflash. All right, newsflash. Newsflash brought to us by our sponsor for this episode, the Satchel Podcast Player. Hey, are you a podcaster? You should register your podcast through Satchel. Why? Because there's amazing things you can do with the Satchel Podcast Player. For one, listeners can actually send you a few dollars. In fact, actually, if you're listening to us through the Satchel Podcast Player and enjoying what you're listening to, you can send us a few dollars right now to help us keep the lights on. It's a great thing to do. It's a great way to help support the show. And uh, yeah, check it out. If you haven't gotten in on the Satchel Podcast Player yet, head over to satchelplayer.com today and uh, get in on the beta. Awesome podcast player. We encourage you to check it out. Satchelplayer.com. Okay. Movie costume has been accidentally, quote unquote, revealed. <laughs> now, have you seen this? I have. I have. Oh, man. I, I was talking back and forth on Twitter with a couple people. Uh, yeah, that was like... <laughs> I looked, I looked at Zack Snyder and Jason Momoa for two seconds, and then I saw that they were in the costume warehouse, and my eyes instantly were just scanning the entire thing, mm-hmm, going, ooh, mm-hmm. there's got to be stuff here. And there was definitely stuff there. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, I, I mean, I guess we did see the Aquaman costume. I think we can assume that. We saw something that looks like a bat suit or something. Who cares? What we see in the, t- the left corner of the screen is the... A flash costume. Now, this costume matches what we've kind of seen has been floated out there as concept art for what the movie Flash is going to look like. Um, admittedly, even through the zoomed up version of this, I mean, it's it's very blurry. But but what's your take? So uh, I'm I'm pulling up the picture again just so I can look at it again. Um, yeah, it looks a lot shinier. It, it kind of reminds me of the Injustice armor that we see uh, in the PlayStation game Injustice: Gods Among Us. Yeah, but but sleeker. Like, like, I mean, again, difficult to see from this image, but it actually does look a bit sleeker than I kind of assumed based on the concept art. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like an armory kind of feel, but it's not panel-y, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, like in the Injustin Gods Among Us, it's very layered. Yeah, it's very panel-y. Like even more so than, than what, you know, our Barry Allen of, of television has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, Barry Allen of television, it, it's it's leather uh, and fabric and stuff like that. Whereas in Injustice, it looks kind of like you know a, a suit of armor. Uh, whereas this looks kind it's, of like a hybrid almost. It's so hard to see. Yeah, I mean, you only get this very small piece of it. Well, and the stupid Aquaman costume is standing in the way. If it would just move its arm just a little bit. I, I like how, like, yeah, the, the Aquaman uh, uh, costume's like, you know, come at me, bro, like with his arms all. He's like, yeah, what's up? Uh, you want to see the Flash? You got to get through me, bro. The helmet is what I find the most interesting because it looks very smooth. Yeah, it looks very smooth and very reflective and shiny. And, and yeah, very reflective, very shiny, but the yellow definitely pops off of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, uh, what's interesting to me about it too is that 
I don't know how tall Jason Momoa is. <laughs> um, very tall. But if you look now, I don't. I, granted, we can't see the the feet of the Flash costume, so we don't really know what it's on. Right. But it's behind the Aquaman costume. But it's almost the same height. Well, yeah, but I mean, also the Aquaman costume is a lot closer to the to the camera. Everything that's close closer to the camera. Look at the Bat costume. And the right, bat that, costume that, is hang, hanging up on something. That's that's what I'm saying is that uh, since the, the the flash costume is behind it, it's further away. It, it should appear smaller, which it does, but it's only just so. So I don't. I, I mean, I'm looking up how tall Ezra Miller is. He's five eleven. I don't know what this really has to do with anything. I just I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, and Jason Momoa is six four, and it doesn't really look like a five inch difference. Yeah, but I, I, it's probably just because we can't see the whole costume. Yeah, probably so. I mean, I don't think they're gonna. I, I, I don't. Well, hmm. wasn't it like with Wolverine in in the X Men movies? Didn't they actually have like him stand a different height from everybody else or something like that? Well, Hugh Jackman's really tall, uh, and of course, Wolverine is not. Well, yeah, I know. Oh man, the greatest the greatest offense that they did with those X Men films for us small guys out there was to try. It was all of a sudden make Wolverine tall. It was so upsetting because Wolverine was our guy. He was our guy. <laughs> Well, while you're while you're searching on that, I'll, let me tell you about somebody who we have seen in the okay. DC universe, uh, Vixen. We've already talked about this a lot tonight, but of course, Vixen made her uh, her live action debut on Arrow. Uh, man, really, really great episode. I, I guess you never got a chance to watch it. We do record this right after Arrow. No, I haven't, and and you know, I, I'm going to make a uh, commitment to get caught up on Arrow so I can watch both um, next season because. These are the things that I that I like this interconnectivity and all these kind of things, uh, and, and and to not be able to kind of like see that when it happens is kind of kind of sucks. So well, and, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but suffice to say, absolutely fantastic job, uh, Miguelin. I mean, like really, really great uh, character, great actress portraying this character. But the great thing is how they handled the special effects. Um, if you've ever seen Vixen in the Justice League and the way that her power set works where she touches the talisman and then this animal spirit comes out of the talisman and kind of surrounds her and then she, you know, gets whatever that attribute that she's looking for. Uh, for the most part, just almost flawless. There were moments in there that eh, didn't quite work, but for the most part, really, really great. And here's, here's my idea, man. They, you know, we've got Legends TV talk going on. We encourage you to check out that podcast if you're enjoying Legends of Tomorrow. But dude, I, I think they need to, in Legends of Tomorrow, after these first 13 episodes, send all these characters back to the shows they came from. Give us back Captain Cold, please. And then, and then, have a third DC TV show, but have it be a Vixen show. Because, you know, we've got Oliver representing the tech. We've got Barry representing the meta. We don't have a regular character representing the, the uh, magic. And Vixen is such a great character to do that on. Not to mention, we're talking about a female hero lead and a minority character who can really kind of drive a show. Plus, you know, you can even use the opportunity with the fact she's uh, based in Detroit and maybe even tie Detroit into the Dakotaverse a little bit, maybe even pull in maybe Static Shock and actually get a, a superhero team lineup that is predominantly, if not exclusively, minority characters. I think that would be extremely awesome. Very, very great idea for a show and a, and a huge move for DC. I mean, again... I'm enjoying Legends of Tomorrow for what it is, but I don't know that I want Legends of Tomorrow as a full-on series. And I think they've got an opportunity to do something really incredible with char- with a character like Vixen uh, that they've established through the CW seed and now put into the actual 
uh, you know, live action uh, take of the universe. So you get it though that that uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow is supposed to be like an anthology show, and that the cast is going to rotate out. So there's no saying, uh, there's nothing preventing them from doing exactly what you said on Legends of Tomorrow. No, nah, but see, that's not that's rotating out. What I'm saying is give actually give an opportunity to let characters kind of evolve instead of rotating them out. I think that Vixen would be a great avenue for establishing a, a third superhero team. Um, that's solid, that has time to evolve, time to spend with these characters, to introduce new characters. And again, I just, I think there's an opportunity to, to not just, you know, add diversity, but actually have a team that is almost, if not entirely exclusively of diverse characters led by a female hero and a female hero of color to boot. So I think that'd be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing to have a minority superhero team Led by a female person of color. I mean, that'd be great. I mean, look, it's 2016. Come on, CW, let's do this. Yeah, I know. And DC, like, you know, look, DC, you, you've 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 made some decisions that people are not always happy with when it comes to your your film franchises. There's 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 some concern. I'm not gonna lie, there's some concern out there as people are looking towards and reading uh, articles about Batman versus Superman and. You know what could happen on the whole. Now we here at Flash TV Talk are very optimistic with what you're doing with your movies, but we're also aware that there's some concern out here. What you're doing with your television series, man, oh man, you've got opportunity. You've got some winners, and you have the freedom to get really creative. We wouldn't even have something like Legends of Tomorrow if you didn't have the freedom to get really creative. So look, you've built up equity with the organizations that are backing you. Use it. This is your moment. Do something really incredible with a Vixen television series. Cancel Legends of Tomorrow after 13 episodes. Do this instead. Please. Pretty please. We'll have Vixen TV Talk. I promise. And it won't just be, well, I shouldn't make any other promises beyond that. We'll have Vixen TV Talk. (laughs) We'll have Vixen TV Talk. Just make it happen, please. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't, you know, write checks that, uh, with your mouth that your butt can't cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, all right. So there you go. I think uh, I think that's uh, that's some news, and and if not a uh, a, a plea and a pitch to uh, to DC and Jeff Johns, and as, as the Green Arrow in the chat says, Jeff Johns, do not fail this planet. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, we got some great listener feedback this week. Um, we got an email in from uh, one of our man, one of our regular listeners since the old days. We got Dan Sherry writes in. Uh, Bell, what is Dan say? Well, Dan writes, hi, guys. Love the show, and I really miss the weekly panel to screen. Aw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for keeping me updated and entertained every week. Anyways, here's my theory on who Zoom is. Zoom is Hunter Zolomon of Earth 2. Hey, there you go, Dan. Nail on the head. Mm. Uh, however, Hunter Zolomon is pretending to be Jay Garrick on Earth 1. Ah. Uh, that would explain why his doppelganger is Hunter Zolomon. He took Caitlin to see him so she wouldn't keep looking and eventually find Earth 1 Jay Garrick and see he looks nothing like the Jay she knows. The real Jay Garrick is the man in the Iron Mask. The reason he took Jay's identity was to infiltrate Team Flash and learn all he could about them, uh, and also to get the Velocity Serum perfected. Now that he has, he made it look like Jay was killed and brought back to Earth 2. The theory may well be blown to pieces by the end of tonight's episode, but I still feel like it works and makes sense. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. So, Dan, uh, I have to ask, when did you send this email in? Because it was before... I can last answer night's- that. I can answer that question. It was before. It was before last night's episode. Are you Dan? Are you a psychic? No, but he's been listening to Flash TV talk. 
I know, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's you know, a great theory. Obviously, we agree here. Uh, a couple things that I believe I disagree on is I don't think that they're going to look different. I think Jay and Hunter Zolomon are identical twins. Uh, that's why the mask is on there. Because if they didn't look the same, eh, there's no real need to put the mask on him, right? Because, I mean, why, why would you hide his identity? Because, I mean, if he doesn't look like somebody you recognize, there's really no sense in, in, uh, in, uh, covering his face with a mask. Mm. So I think they're identical twins, hence the mask. And I completely agree with you that, uh, uh, Zoom is Earth 2, Hunter Zolomon, and the J that Team Flash has been associating with is Earth 1, Hunter Zolomon, mm. who was recently killed. Uh, so really like your theory. Totally awesome. Uh, we're, we're, you know, great minds think alike, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So excellent back there yeah bit of both bit of both for me uh miss linderman writes in on itunes has great insight i love this podcast i don't know much about the comics so it's nice to come to the podcast and get a little background information well thank you miss linderman we appreciate your feedback absolutely our next one comes from um you know i'm just gonna spell this one (laughs) (laughs) uh write it down if you're playing along at home y d c j u e d f i e a x five that's a mouthful uh, from iTunes writes the go to flash podcast. I love having a podcast to listen to where the hosts love the show as much as I do. The podcast delves deeply into every aspect of the Flash's episode and the hosts speculate over what they expect to come. Highly recommended. If you watch the flash. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. YDCJ. Uh, YDCJ. F I E A X five. How about Jay? We'll call you. We'll call you Y five. Yeah, Y5. Uh, thank you, Y5. We really appreciate that. And uh, hey, look, if you've been listening to this podcast, and, and I hope you have, uh, then we want to encourage you. You know, we, we've got a hiatus coming up here, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be out talking about the flash around the water cooler, talking about it with your friends, jumping on Reddit, jumping on the, the you know, groups and the, the fan such and such and the thing with the kids. You're going to be on your Facebook groups. You're going to be on your forums. You're going to be around your friends just out talking. You're going to be talking about The Flash. And what we want to encourage you to do is not just talk about The Flash and get your awesome speculation done, but let your friends, family, whomever know that you're listening to The Flash TV Talk podcast and let them know that they can actually find us at flashtvtalk.com. Uh, we want to get more speculation and we love getting this community together and, and doing some fun things. You know, one of the things we like to do around Christmas and then also, uh, before and after this, uh, the seasons is do the call-in shows. And of course, having live, uh, live recordings, that's a great way to get y'all's direct feedback in through the, uh, live feedback here at mixer.com slash potestery. The new Periscope thing, I think is a great way to kind of get some great community involvement in. We don't want it to just be about us talking at you guys. We really do want to kind of drive community overall and really geek out about The Flash together. So all that being said, go out, tell your friends and your family as you talk about The Flash. Ask them if they've heard of Flash TV Talk podcast. And if not, tell them they really should go check us out. You can, of course, check us out on iTunes or the Satchel Podcast Player. As earlier mentioned, if you happen to be a podcaster, go ahead and register your podcast at satchelplayer.com. More information about that to come in later episodes. But in the meantime, be sure to also follow us during the little break that we have coming up here. You can follow me at the real Bo York. You can follow me at Ring That Bell. That's B E A L L. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at potestery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. 
And if you're a fan of podcasting and Legends TV Talk, listen to some of the best podcasters in the business talk about the show on Legends TV Talk. <laughs> That's right. A Legends of Tomorrow podcast that you're not going to want to miss out on. You should be able to find that up on iTunes and, uh, and Satchel as well. But Legends, it's it's a unique thing. We're doing that uh, as kind of a YouTube experience first and, and then putting it out on podcast afterwards. So, uh, Did I say if you're a fan of Legends TV Talk and not Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah, you did, but I was just going to let it slide. Hey, you know what? Things happen. Special thanks go out, of course, to our boy Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. Hey, this particular episode, we got a bit of an updated version of uh, of the the song, the uh, the rock and flash theme that he has. So be sure to uh, stay tuned, listen to all of it, enjoy it as we plays us out. I know it's going to be several weeks, but don't worry, time's going to fly, and we'll be back in a flash. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.